This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, it's Friday. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. We have made it through the week. Uh, I want to take it back a notch. Uh, there is a lot going on in politics. We went through this whole new speakers race. Uh, a lot happening overseas. We talked about the 2024 campaign. So much happening that I want to make sure that we pause for just a second and put some things into perspective about the campaign tactics. I talked to you a little bit about this the other day with respect to the polls and what to keep an eye on with Mark Halpern. But today I want to focus on getting our message out because I think that's important. And what I saw this week that I think we need to focus on. We've got the memer of Congress joining us in, a, in a just a bit. Congressman Mike Collins of Georgia. He's a first-termer, but he was an all-star when it came to memeing this week about the speaker's race. And I think it showed something about how we can talk about and communicate the messages that are important. So let's get into it on this Friday. Here we go. It's Friday. Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. Sit back, relax. We've got a lot coming your way, easing into the weekend, or if you're catching up with us over the weekend, don't worry. We're going to give you a little bit of time to enjoy this because I want to talk about something a little different. As I said a minute ago, this week we covered the speaker's race extensively. We talked about what was going on in Israel. We talked about the 2024 race and where things stood. But at the end of the day, We've got to figure out how we're getting our message out, how we're talking about what we're for, what they're against. I mentioned a, an op-ed I wrote for The Hill about how Virginia Republicans are, frankly, on defense. They're talking about their position on 15-week abortion and supposed to being on offense. That's one example. But I think there's a bigger issue at stake here, the methods and the means of what we do. Republicans are used to calling press conferences and hoping that the media carries their message. And yes, I'm proud to now be part of the independent media. They don't have to worry about the networks and the, the corporations and all of the leftists that are involved in that. But even with me, you have to come on my show, which I'm glad so many people do. But there are influencers out there, and I'm going to give you some examples in just a minute to talk to you about how this is all happening. And I think that that's important to understand because we're not taking advantage as a party of everything that is happening. And so I'm going to give you some examples and talk to you about this because when I was in the Trump White House and even when I was at the RNC, we were very big into using traditional means. Like we had at the Trump White House radio days and we would invite local media to come in and set up and we would have a series of interviews with them, bring in the cabinet officials, the key White House staff, and they would go around to different, you know, we'd set up a, a row and these guys could come in and they would broadcast from there and we would give them interviews. And that was great. That's a very smart way. But what the Biden administration and what the Biden campaign are doing are totally different. I mean, one of the things I did at the Trump, at the, when I was in the White House and it drove the media nuts 
is I brought in via Skype reporters who couldn't be there. I write about this in my first book, The Briefing, because what, what had happened was the, the White House briefing room is 49 seats. The first couple rows are the traditional media, the ABCs, the Associated Press, the NBCs, the Washington Post, New York Times. And I would like to put it, they infect the briefing. When I took over as White House press secretary, so the tradition is you call on the AP first, and then you kind of go up and down the first row, meaning that all of the legacy media get to decide the narrative first, and then you call the back of the room, the, the people who are just there visiting, maybe not the bigger outlets. And when I got to be press secretary, I said, nope, that's done. I'm not going to start with the AP. I ended up calling on the New York Post first, and I worked from the back of the room up front. And then I started to bring in radio hosts and other people via Skype because they weren't hearing issues that matter to them. Okay, well, fast forward, the Biden White House is building what they call an army of influencers. These are people that are online, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, they're on Snapchat, they're on Twitter or X. They've got huge followings. People who watch, think about what we're doing here, the number of people that watch other shows on podcasts or YouTube or Rumble, that aren't, that are cut from the court. I brought this up before. 32% of Americans have cable or satellite. That's it. 68% of American families and households have cut the court. They're not getting information from cable news anymore, from network news. They're getting it from places like here, but they're also getting it from Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as I said, especially a lot of the younger folks. And the Biden administration has really embraced this when it comes to their agenda. They're inviting these folks in. They did it, especially if you remember during COVID, they had the Jonas Brothers in and all these different folks to talk about issues that were of concern to them. Younger demographics are huge. You think about this just for a second. Young voters, 18 to 29, preferred Biden by over Trump by a 26-point margin in 2020. And Democrats over Republicans by 28 points in 2022. Think about that for a minute, right? That's 28 points that we're yielding. And, and I get maybe the 18 to 21, but that demographic is 18 to 29. These are people in the workforce, that are seeing the effects of Bidenomics. They are people who maybe wanted to buy a first house that now can't because 8% interest rates are putting it out of the realm of possibility. We have an opportunity to get to these folks in a way that we haven't before. They're not watching and they're not looking at the Washington Post and the New York Times. They're not listening to ABC and CNN and Fox News even. They're listening to, to channels like this, hopefully. They are going to their favorite followers on Instagram and TikTok. So why can't we start reaching out to this? Why can't the different entities, the House Republican Conference, put out, start embracing them, right? When we ran the convention, and I was part of the, I was at the RNC, I wasn't at the convention, but we had a relationship. And I'd ask them, you know, how many bloggers back in 2012, how many folks in the new media and the social media are we inviting? Well, they set aside like 10 or 15 seats. Well, think about it. Would we rather have five people from CNN or five people on the right that have huge followings that everybody's watching? I mean, that seems like it makes a heck of a lot more sense to me than it does 
trying to figure out how many more seats CNN can come in and babble off. When I've talked about these debates in the past, that's kind of the point that I've been making, right? Why are we relying on NBC News and CNN? That's where we're going, just to be clear. Why aren't we embracing networks that can ha- that have huge followers, have uh, their individuals, the Ben Shapiro's, the Charlie Kirk's? Think about how many people they're reaching. Charlie Kirk is on the campuses of so many colleges and universities, but then he puts his messages out on on all these social channels. Why don't I invite him in? Have a thing with him, have a have an opportunity to share content, to share policy ideas. You know how many people are watching him that never will watch a network program? A lot. And it's not just that young demographic. You talk to more and more people who are at uh, who are in their mid thirties or forties. I mean, think about how many people have cut the cord and they're only streaming information. They're watching shows that we can provide information and content and ideas and policies to that aren't getting it now. And we're going to talk to Congressman Mike Collins of Georgia. He's a businessman. He owned a trucking company. But he understands that you got to go where people are. You can't just have a press conference and do this. He was memeing all week. He'd put out a picture of something funny. He took his business card at one point. We'll put this up. And he crossed out member of Congress, but memer of Congress. But he was putting out funny things and people would respond to him because it was funny and it was viral and it, was, it wasn't all just trying to jam H.R. 4262 down your throat with a bunch of policy. He mixed it in. He has this list and we'll talk to him about it that he put out if you ran for speaker. It was funny. And that's the point is that it mixed serious content in with stuff that people could laugh at. And everybody started to tweet it and follow it. He's a freshman. He just got to Congress. He just got to Washington. And yet people are looking at him, not because he was the most senior person, but because he put content out there that people could embrace. And I think that's the point here, is that we've got to up the game and not just put out press releases and say, I hope that the Washington Post picks this up and then people read it. The media is a means to you. It is a distribution. Right? You're hoping when you put out a press release or hold a press conference or whatever. But think about what Trump did. He embraced Twitter, now X and, and Truth Social. He just jams his message out there. He doesn't hold a press conference every time. Puts it out. Everybody covers it. They share it. Well, it works. And that's the point. We can reach the voters directly without having to go through the mainstream media and let them be the filter of what we want. They don't get to say... This is what they meant. It's like, boom, you can read it right there on True Social. And again, I, I give, I think about this. When Ken Paxson, the Texas Attorney General, was getting recalled, he used this army of MAGA influencers to fight back. And he was right. When we thought about the Sound of Freedom music uh, movie, why do you think that was so successful? People like Jack Pasebic tweeted about it, pushed it out there, and people went and saw it. They didn't have a huge Hollywood budget. That's why. So let's let's embrace this. Let's use this tactic. And I'm excited to talk to Congressman Mike Collins, who, who is the perfect example of it. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm excited to introduce you to Congressman Mike Collins. If you don't know him already online, he became a viral sensation and hit, or at least his ex-account did. His comms director was away over the course of a lot of this voting. He's from Georgia's 10th district. He's in his first term, and yet he's a big standout because of how he's embraced the use of social media. His memes went viral day in and day out. People were looking for him. I'm excited to have this conversation with him. Without further ado, Mike Collins. Congressman, good to see you. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing fine, Sean. We, uh, everything's going good here. I know. So let me ask you the big question I think is on everybody's mind. Are you going to keep memeing now that there is a new speaker? Yeah, of course we are. You know, And, and the thing is, we've always memed We've just kind of caught a little ride here, a little wave, and uh, you know it's taken off a pretty good bit. So, but uh, that's just been kind of the culture of our office, you know. But if you ever came in over here, but that's the thing that's so interesting is I, I want to get to that. Like, what what it, was this something yeah. that you've always done and it just got noticed? Well, yeah, it's something that our whole our whole staff has done. I mean, that's and that's what I was getting. If you come into our office in the back back there. I mean, there's a wall that's got memes on there where everybody pokes fun at everybody around here. All right. So that's an invitation. Uh, you know, so I should come by. <laughs> you should come by. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's got a list up there of, of, of different memes, but so uh, we've you, always kind of had a, is, is that, is that you? Is that always been you? You're the, you're the jokester. You're the funny guy. I, uh, you know, a lot of the things are things that I say, and, uh, you know, our staff, will, that, it's amazing how much they listen. I didn't know they listened to me that much, <laughs> but uh, they'll grab something, you know, and, and twist it around or put it in there and make it a little funnier or, or, or just put up what I say. Yeah. Uh, and, and then sometimes, you know, I'm kind of like Beals. I get a little help from my friends, you know, with this staff around here. They're always thinking outside the box, too. So it's interesting. You, you know, I know your dad. I, I, know, I didn't know him well, but I knew your yeah. dad when I was a staffer on the Hill. Kind of what's much more of a probably a traditional Georgia politician, right? Um, yeah. When you ran, was this something that you embraced? This idea of digital media, the the new the newness of this, uh, because before you know it was all about raising money. Then you put an ad up and you yeah. shake a bunch of hands. Is this something that you've evolved into, or did you when you were running, you said, "Hey, let's embrace the the new media, the social media." Yeah, you know, Sean, in, in, in my entire private life, I've always said that you have to be the most technologically advanced, the cutting edge on whatever you're doing. And in the trucking industry, that was no different. We always try to buy the best trucks, the most technologically advanced, just so that our people have the best tools to do the job. And when we got into this race this time around, you know, that's one of the things that Brandon, my chief of staff, now, he was my general consultant then, we talked about. We've got to use every form of media out there. And these younger people, they know that. And, and I've often found that so funny that we'll be sitting somewhere in a, in a GOP meeting or, or somewhere with people my age. And they're like, oh, you got to put your head down and go to work. You don't need to be on social media. Well, not me, brother, because I know that's where people go. And that's where you get your message out. And that's where you can really make an impact. On, on whether you're running for something or whether you're just trying to get your message out. You know, it's funny you say that. I've always explained to press secretaries and communications folks, uh, 
throughout my career that the media is just a means to get your message out. So you're, you're having a press conference so that a reporter writes a story so that people read it. But if you can develop an email list or a social media following, that gets it directly yeah. to the people, then you've just cut out the media and you've been able to directly communicate. Do, do you think that enough Republicans understand that? No, no, I don't. You know, and, 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 and actually, Sean, I think that's something that my dad instilled in me. Because really? even though back then, it, well, it was all print or, or on TV or radio. And uh, he used to say, he didn't care what they said, as long as they spell my name right. <laughs> as long as you spell my name right, then I'm then I'm good because you're going to get media off there. And people are going to remember that. A lot of times now, the, they really don't remember a lot of what you say, but they remember how you say it or how you present it. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we do here, especially with these memes. You know, it's just uh, things trigger, you, like the Bart Simpson one. You know, that triggers people my age. Right. And uh, they remember those types of things. Or when you see the, the Seinfeld. Uh, you know, that's just people from us and in, in, in the 80s decade. So it's it's uh, it, it, the social media today. If you're not doing that, oh, you're way out. You're, you're, you're Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Far behind. So when you were doing this during this, the speaker's race, what was the reaction from like your colleagues? Because I mean, everybody, I, it was funny. I mean, let, well, let me take it back a step. When you started <laughs> doing this, you're yeah. a newer member of Congress. And suddenly I yeah. see your, your name everywhere. You're on podcast, you're on television, uh, <laughs> journalists are retweeting you. Was this something that you were trying to do or were you just sort of like, hey, I'm going to have fun doing something funny? And, you know, we started out as funny. You know, it, it, and, and truthfully, it, it, a lot of it evolved within the last week and a half because <laughs> my comms director really did get married. I know. And so, you know. Yeah. So she took off the week before she got married. And, uh, you know, it just kind of turned everybody loose. And, you know, we had a little time on our hands. It was idle. And so we just started throwing out a few things and it just kept snowballing. People meet you going down the hall, especially people, you know, in your party. And they were like, man, we love what you're doing. And it just kind of, right. you know, things gained traction then. And it, it, and it began, our office is so freaking competitive anyway. You know, we all want to one up each other. So then you start get then you start getting people call. Hey, man, this is this is my thought. You know, it's like right. okay, get in the queue so, line or something. So what, I just before that gets overlooked. Look, I I was a contractor yeah. on the house side. It's a one usually a one man band. Like you're the contractor, yeah. maybe someone's helping out. She goes off to get married and she says, "Boss, <laughs> you you good? You're gonna cover this?" You're like, "Yep." Yeah. You've got to think to I mean, did she text you or text your staff in the, you know, while she's away and like, what is going on? Oh yeah. She was, uh, she was staying in contact. I mean, she never really left DC, so she was always around, you know, I know, but uh, she just didn't come into the hey, office. I took like a day off and what are you guys doing on Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was kind of that. And, and we've got, uh, she's got somebody that helps her here. So between okay. Jimmy and, and Brandon and, and, uh, and Andrew and Kevin, I mean, it just the whole staff around here just starts playing around and then it uh, really gets out of control. 
so as we head into the 2024 campaign, the, the Biden administration, or the Biden yeah. campaign rather, has sort of made it clear that they they embrace this. Uh, Joe Biden may not fully understand it, <laughs> but they're going to go out there and use these influencers. They're bringing them to the White House. Yeah. Are we doing enough on the right? I mean, this is a variation of the question I asked before to embrace influencers because we still look at this like press conferences and invite the media and have space for the media as opposed to maybe thinking, how do we embrace influencers? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great question. I think that's something that GOP needs to look inside and see. And that the people that I talk to, you know, uh, in, in our circles, especially since we've been involved in social media quite a bit, now we know those influencers. We talk to them and, and we try to get on their little podcast or we go to their events and, and just be involved. But you're right. I, I, I liken this so much to my time of being in the private sector when I, even when my parents were in trucking, I'll never forget. I walked into the dispatch office one time and I said, well, have you talked to so-and-so about needing anything hauled? Oh, no, 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 no. If they need something, they'll call me. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, man. That's not how you look at it now. Right. It's totally different. You've got to get out there and get engaged and you've got to push. You've got to start pressing to get your message, or, or in that case, get your get your trucks used. So it's no different. And and I think that uh, so many times you're right. We just call a press conference and uh, and, we, and we show up and and hope that the media shows up. Now I would like to say that maybe I'm dead wrong on that. No, you're uh, not. But uh, yeah, but I, I just think that we need to really take an internal look on what we do and make sure that we are doing everything we can with today's media outlets. Have you ever missed the mark? Have you put one of these out and everyone's like, "Um, I don't think that's gonna go over the way you thought it would. Uh, Well, now you're gonna jinx me, but uh, not yet. Okay, I just, so I I usually, my wife is the first one to text me afterwards like, this isn't funny. And I'm like, yes, it is, because if you, and she's like, no one gets the joke. So, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, just, I, I will say one of them. Uh, I don't know if you looked at at, at, at my uh, platform when I was. Oh no, for we're going to get to that. The, let's the, let's hold that for a second because I want to get yeah. to it. Okay, well, if that's yeah. the worst you got, then you're doing pretty well. Um, but but before I leave this, just real quick, to go back to what I was asking, what do we need to do as a conference, as a party, as a movement, to sort of match what the Dems are doing because they've got this army of influencers? Yeah. You know, it, it, we always look at a hierarchy whenever we're looking at it. It takes speaker, whatever it is, majority leader, it doesn't matter. And we, we kind of move up that ladder. You know how Republicans are. Yeah. Well, if you were this, then the next one's this. And, and, and I think sometimes we overlook what's right there in front of you, and it's these young people. And we've got a great group of young Republicans that are eager to help, and they've got great ideas. We just need to engage them. Yeah. And, and see what they are. And they're not always going to work, but that's OK. You know, it's it's trying to do different things uh, to get better results. And, and I, you know, anytime we can engage in it. And that's, you know, that's I've always tried to surround myself with with people that I always figure a whole lot smarter than me. And especially this younger crowd. I mean, they grew up with these things. We didn't grow up or I didn't grow up with cell phones. I didn't grow up with any of that stuff. <laughs> and uh, but I do know that that is the key 
to getting your message out and the key to Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Winning. It's amazing. I'll have conversations with people. The, like we were literally talking. I, I've, you may have heard I was on Dancing with the Stars. But I was joking about this season. Uh, uh, what's his name? Barry Williams is on. He was Greg Brady. And yeah. once in a while, I'll say, oh my gosh, Greg Brady's on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and they'll be like, who's Greg Brady? I'm like, you know, the Brady Bunch. And they're like... <laughs> No, but then you'll mention some woman that's got 10,000, you know, a million followers on TikTok. And they're like, oh, you don't know her. So it's amazing yeah. <laughs> who, who, how that, how the generation's breaking down in terms of who we know from TV versus who we know on social yeah. media. But I think you're absolutely right. We're missing, I think, a chunk of people that only know people because they've done very well on, on social media platforms. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, so, so let's get into this platform. I thought it was hysterical. You put out this thing. <laughs> Let me just read it to the folks and we'll put it up on screen. You wrote that if, if you were running for speaker, this is, you know, the house must work longer than the UAW, the United Auto Workers who, in their agreement, cut back from 40 hours to 32. That wouldn't be that tough. All a Trump, all 12 appropriations bills before August or no recess. I think that's a serious one and we should do that. Carmine's for dinner every conference. I'm going to let you break some of these down in a second, what they mean. But past term limits, press releases out, memes are in. We're talking about that. Wider parking to fit 18 wheels. I assume that's a reference to your back, uh, your business as, yeah. a, as a trucker. No omnibus, minibus, or short buses. I thought that could have gotten you in trouble. Uh, mar <laughs> no more money to Ukraine till southern border is secured. You're mixing in the serious with the funny. A chicken in every pot. That goes back. I bet you half of the people don't get that one. Uh, no no more having to listen to Frank Luntz at retreat and no secret <laughs> side deals. All right. So walk me through how you came up with the platform. Well, I mean, since we've been up here in January, it's always amazed me. And, and the fact that we come in, and you probably have seen this has probably gone on forever. But we get here like on Monday afternoon. And then we have a suspension vote at 6, 630 at night to name a post office. And then you That's work important. Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then Thursday morning, you do some votes, and by 12 o'clock, man, the only thing left around here is the cockroaches. And, and I just always said, that's not America. Why are we not flying in on Sunday night, go to work at 7 in the morning on Monday morning or 8 in the morning on Monday morning, and work up until 6, 7 o'clock at night, all the way through till Friday? It just didn't make any sense because it seems like the, 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 the longer the weeks go by, the less we get done, especially if you have a hang up and, and, and not your, your whole conference is not in agreement. So that was, you know, that was the it was a jab at UAW in a way. But uh, it's just the same thing that we've always been saying, you know, and, and of course, the 12 approach bills. I think uh, my staff around here has heard me say it enough, man. I, you know, I, I really almost quit grade school because my teacher wanted me to take a recess. And uh, we don't believe in recesses. We just work. But uh, we, we definitely, and, and I'm proud to say that, uh, you know, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, has, has taken that same approach that uh, we will not go to August recess if we don't have those appropriation bills done. 
uh, it's almost embarrassing. And my you know, I had one of your colleagues on, that. and I, I agree with you. Why are you taking August off and then coming back and being like, okay, you have to pass this? I mean, you've jammed yeah. your, you guys, and that's a, it's a problem of your own making. Yeah, it is. And then, uh, of course, I've always, I've always preached on term limits. And, and actually, when uh, we started looking at, at, at people running for speaker, um, you know, I think that's so important now. Uh, when you look at our conference, our conference is about, Almost seventy percent of it, uh, they, they've gotten here since 2016. I mean, you know, so we're America first, and and a lot of these, and, and there's nothing wrong with them. Great people, but I just think that 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 we need to really start looking at fresh new ideas, different approaches, and so I think term limits help in that. And I've always said that that's something. And you know, all the uh, the 18 wheels, yeah, I think that was the one that a lot of people <laughs> they they don't know me, so they're like. What do you mean 18 wheels? You know, maybe I should have put a 10-4 good buddy out beside it or something like that. I don't even know if people understand CB talk anymore, but uh, that is a reference to our to our trucking company. All right. Um, I, I, the, I don't really know CB talk. I just know like Breaker Breaker 1-4 or whatever, but <laughs> I don't even know which channel I'm coming nine. in on. I, I will tell you a funny <laughs> personal story. We were driving one time and I made a joke. I said Breaker Breaker 1-9 or whatever. And this dude yeah. on the CB, because we had one in the car, we were taking a fun trip the guy goes you're on whatever two one dummy like i just thought you said breaker breaker one nine no matter what yeah, like no, no that means because you're on channel 19 you were on channel yeah that's one. right um yeah what's yeah. the but the carmines and the frank luntz thing tell me what those two are before i let you well we we keep getting sandwiches every night you know and so we walked in um it's probably been four or five days ago and they had carmines and i was like "Ooh, italian right yeah, Italian, you know, it's chicken parm. And I'm like, dude, man, that's the platform there, man. We're going to offer chicken. We're going to have carmines every night. And so that had to go into the platform, you know. But, and the funny thing is, last night, we had carmines. <laughs> so let me I ask you this. They were. <laughs> I, I know your time is tough. Let me just ask you, all all joking aside, you got this new speaker Will, what, what's yeah. the plan to kind of, and I know this is new still, but what is the plan? Are we going to have another CR? How, how soon can we see some of these reforms, serious mm. and not, that you laid out? Well, you know, Sean, look, we, we've, we had a lot of the appropriation bills teed up already. Um, yep. when, the, when the motion to vacate, we finally had a schedule. It's God, I've been begging for this schedule for so long. And, and so we had a schedule. We were going to put out the approach bills here. You saw us. We voted on the first four. And then we, we had the next ones teed up. If we hadn't vacated the chair, we'd be about 90% through with the appropriations right now. So what we got to do is, and, and, and Speaker Johnson laid it out in his letter to us, you know, we're going to run through these appropriation bills, kick them out over there. Uh, they're figuring that whatever's left, we'll have to do a CR on them for a short right. period of time. They, and they may be thinking up till April. If you do it till April, that means that the 1% will automatically kick in uh, at the end of the year since that was what we, they, that was in the uh, Fiscal Responsibility Act. Right. So that's the plan. Then going forward next year, yes, lay out an ironclad schedule and say this is when the, the budget's going to be drawn up. Uh, it, and that gives you your top line. Your appropriators know what to appropriate to. Get those done. If we don't get it done by August, you stay here. I like that approach. Uh, I really like the way I, I love what uh, Speaker Johnson had to say when he when he took the gavel this afternoon. 
I think he's going to be a great speaker, and, and, and I am looking forward to trying to get more into uh, helping this conference uh, as it goes forward. Well, good. I think we need you as a communicator. Listen, Mike Johnson may have been elected Speaker of the House, but I am all for Mike Collins being the memer of the House. Congressman, thank you for joining us. Uh, I appreciate hey. it, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Hey, I appreciate your time, Sean. It's good to see you again. Good to see thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike Collins because that is what we need more of. We need to embrace the new tools that we have at our disposal to win the next campaign, to win the next election. Biden is 80. We watch him fall downstairs. We watch him not complete a sentence. But his team understands that it's not about him. They can utilize this army of influences that they talk about and get a message out. That's not about him. In the past, it would have had to be him. Think about this. He used a basement strategy before. So I hope that we do this. Before we end up the week, though, I do want to talk a little bit about the new speaker, Mike Johnson. We watched and covered all of the different folks that went before him. I think a lot of things went into his success. But most of all, it was his demeanor and how... He handled himself. You, if you listen to him, if you listen to the speech or seen the clips, he was very stoic. He has a plan. He's respectful of other people. And he laid out how he was going to do this. And, and I, I think he talks about things that were simple. But he, he listened to what the frustrations were for these folks. Let me read you. It wasn't just what he said. We had had Dan Muser on. Remember? He was initially a candidate. He dropped out and he kind of had six things. What I loved about Mike Johnson's plan is it wasn't just what he put out. He put it out in a calendar form. He showed people that he had thought about this very methodically and logically. It wasn't just that I'm going to say this thing. I'm going to show you how I'm going to implement. So he says, October, November, pass Chairman McCall's resolution condemning Hamas, number one. Number two, reach consensus for a legislative blueprint through the end of the 118th Congress. That's January. So he's basically saying, from in October and November, I want to make sure that we think about these last three months. What can we get done? Pass all appropriations bill and begin negotiating with the White House and the Senate. Okay, again, not rocket scientists, but he lays this thing out. Begin conference negotiations with the Senate on the FY24 NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. He's basically saying, hey, I want to, this is number four on my priority list. Number five, begin negotiations on the FAA Reauthorization Act as soon as the Senate passes. Now, unlike spending bills that have to originate in the House, these can go over. They start in the Senate. It'll come over. This is the, the FAA. This is what allows the planes to make sure that they're flying and that all of the airline industry is regulated. It needs to be reauthorized. It's expiring. He gets it. He laid it out for us. And then we need to return to legislating and effectively messaging on our top issues and priorities. This is what I'm talking about. But he recognizes this right off the top and says, these are my top six priority for the October, November timeframe. And then in December, he says, continue negotiating FY24 appropriations because he recognizes we're going to have to have a continuing resolution. It's going to happen. They all said the same thing, by the way, Scalise, Jordan, whatever. But he's being upfront. He's being honest about it. There's no wondering where he stands on this. 
Then he says, pass the conference report for the NDAA. Okay, so because he talked about what we're going to do in October and November, this will work, right? So that makes sense. And then the last thing is pass the farm bill and await Senate action, begin negotiating as possible. Again, farm bill needs to be reauthorized. And for those people out in the Midwest in particular, this is crucial. Although I would hearken to say that even in the mid, you know, the, the, the Wisconsin, Michigan, the impact that that has on, on, uh, on dairy in particular is going to be huge. January and April, continue negotiating FY24 to secure conservative wins for the American people to build conference consensus regarding budget levels for 2025 and pass a budget resolution. You see that? He's moving that up, making sure that he has heard that message that we need to get these things done earlier. I brought it up with my college. You heard that discussion. We need to get ahead of this. So we're not getting jammed at the end with a continuing resolution with uh, omnibus bills, with continuing resolutions. If we can get ahead of this on the Republican side, we're not going to get jammed again. Then he goes into May, July, complete House consideration of FY25 bills. Crazy, right? Here we are in his plan saying May, July. We're going to get this thing done so that we're not waiting till September when there's no time left and having getting forced by the Senate or the White House. He's saying, guess what? We're going to flip this and screw them. We're going to jam them on those bills. Complete House consideration of the Water uh, Resources Defense uh, Act. That's a, it's called WERDA, DC speak. But that's, again, up for reauthorization and complete House consideration of the FY25 NDA. Again, getting ahead of the National Defense Authorization Bill. But this is the point. Number one, in the, under August, here's the key thing. Do not break for district work period unless all 12 appropriation bills have passed the House. He got the message. He's laying this out in a calendar for everybody to see. I mean, I get that's the, that's the key thing here. He got it. Right? And then he continues. September, wrap up all negotiations with the White House and Senate on NDA and WERDA. October, December, expand our majority, complete outstanding issues here. The thing that's so interesting to me um, uh, is that what, the, uh, what, what I'm seeing here is not just a bunch of tactics. It's actually the strategy. And remember when I was talking about that with respect to the speaker's race, people were blowing things up and then not having a plan. This is a plan. This tells us what he will get done. And I think that that's important. He's not just saying, hey guys, here's what we need to do, whatever. He has actually thought it through. And in my opinion, that's what we need to be doing. Is not just randomly throwing out tactics, but thinking about how to sequence them, how to get to those wins that he's talking about at the end. How do you expand a majority? Well, it's having a message and selling it to the American people and saying, if you would trust us with a majority, we're going to actually get things done. We're going to make government more efficient. We're going to reduce the size of government. We're going to go after, I mean, get things done that make a difference in your life. If you think about it, I mentioned this op-ed that I wrote in The Hill about why Virginia elections are so important. Because what happens in Virginia is usually a test case. The Democrats and the Republicans both run messages 
and try to see what worked. It's sort of the minor league of elections. Before the, the big midterm, and in this case, it's going to be the big presidential elections, the Dems are making it clear. It's all about painting Republicans as MAGA extremists that want to take away your right to choose. Oh, they've gone all in on abortion. That's where they are. And so they know what they're for. What are we going to be for? What are we test driving? What are we saying? This is what we can do. That's what I want. And that's what Mike Johnson gave us is a plan. He laid it out. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Boom. Let's go execute it. This is what we've been waiting for. So for all those bedwetters in the media that wondered, oh, what's going to happen? It took too long. Yes, it was messy. Yes, it took a little longer than even I wanted. I'll admit that. But we got the job done, and I think we got the right guy. These guys are all worried about whether or not he's served as this or that. You know what? Donald Trump hadn't served as anything either. Remember that guy? And look at what he got done because he wasn't willing to just take how we used to do things as a way of governing. He said, I don't care anymore. We're going to do what we have to do. I told this story early on in, uh, in the White House that when we first got in, there was an executive order to restart the Keystone and XL pipelines. And they brought him the executive order and they said, Mr. President, here you go, sign it. And he's reading through it and he says, wait a second, it doesn't say anything about using U.S. steel. Oh, well, Mr. President, this and that, we couldn't do that. And he says, well, well then why am I doing this? They said, well, we've already got people here. We're ready to go. And he said, then go back. We'll tell them to wait. Go back and fix it. Rewrite it. But I want to make sure that we're doing this right the first time. I didn't do all this to just put out an executive order that doesn't impact. I want to make sure that we're maximizing the use of U.S. steel. So they went back and they did it. But that's the difference. Most people, I think, would have said, okay, fine, we'll fix it later. That wasn't Trump's way. And hopefully this isn't going to be, this is how Mike Johnson, he's like, hey, I don't care that this is the system. I'm willing to go in and make the reforms necessary by putting a plan together, showing you how it's going to happen and executing on it. And I know that we're all worried about these people in the media, but this goes back to what I was saying before. Doesn't matter if we, ex if we can execute better with the people um, by using these influencers and these new tools and these new means and forgetting the legacy media and stop trying to suck up to them, then we will win and we will grow. And that's what we need to do. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for all the support of this show. Uh, it's been fun being with you every day. Today is our 50th episode and you guys have been along for the ride. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for doing it. Please continue to subscribe and share. Have a great weekend. I will see you back here on Monday on the Sean Spicer Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.